Welcome to Real Money Matters, real conversations about real money matters. We're excited to bring you topics about personal finance, money in the real world, and our signature series, Getting Off the Hamster Wheel. Be sure to follow, hit the bell for notifications on new episodes, and share with someone who might find this useful. Now for this week's episode, let's jump in. Good morning, Elise. Good morning, Victoria. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Yes. How's uh, how's that morning coffee today? Oh, you know, have my favorite French vanilla ready to go, <laughs> sipping away, delicious, energy flowing. Yes. Do you? Okay, wait. So, do you brew your French vanilla, or is it like um, one of the like flavor like flavored? syrup things okay so to be honest I used to always do the flavored syrups yeah but then my apartment building has a coffee machine so it makes them so now I've been doing that and gets me out of the apartment every morning that's a nice (laughs) little like yeah that's a good way to get out I like it yes yes (laughs) I I personally brew like a big pot of coffee and then like I'll keep it in the fridge for a couple days like my iced coffee that's a good way to love you know my, my Boston roots iced coffee any time of year <laughs> oh always a good way to go can't go wrong <laughs> yes <sighs> okay so so here we are um episode two are you ready hopefully yes for all of us <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah so so we took some notes in this one this episode we decided for, for all of our listeners out there we decided we wanted to give you guys uh an idea of you know our of the lens that we're peering through at this, at this juncture of our lives. Um, And so really what that entailed is, you know, what does our backgrounds look like and like growing up around money and like those lessons we learn because we acknowledge that like everyone has different ways that they grow up and are exposed to like money and, and how that sort of ends up shaping the way that you go through life. Um, So, yeah, we're excited to chat about it. Excited to give you a little bit of a look into our our lives and, and the way that we think about money. So, Elise, I will let you go first. Um, I'm excited to hear about your stories. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So in regards to my um, childhood and growing up, my parents were always, um, you know, I would say they were pretty strict parents and had set the bar always very high for me, which I really appreciate the older I get and kind of look back, you know, now that I'm like 30, looking back at how I was when I was, you know, five to 10 years old. So one of the things my parents always made me do was the house chores, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Okay, let's empty the dishwasher every night. Let's make sure you help do the laundry, sweep the kitchen floor. Um, And then every single week, when I think I was like seven years old and on, I would get an allowance. So as long as I did all of those chores, I would get the allowance. But if I didn't, Mm -hmm. then I obviously wasn't getting it. So right off the bat, like that instilled me to, okay, you got to work hard, do the little things around the house to make money, right? And that's the first thought when you're a little child. Mm -hmm. So then when I was about yeah, I was still seven at the time. Um, my school that I was going to at the time had a school fair, and they mm-hmm. basically were selling all these different things, anything from like computers to used um, toys, you know, basically a wide variety of different products and things that they were giving out. So cool. 
as a kid, I'd always been obsessed with those little like red Jeeps that you would drive around. You know, they were like the little electric ones and <laughs> plug them in. I'm sure yes. everyone remembers those, right? Yes. Um, so one of the things that I did, I was like, dad, I really want this Jeep. And he's like, well, Lise, that Jeep is $40. So you're going to have to work. And I was like, well, okay, well, what do I need to do? He's like, well, your allowance is seven, you know, dollars a week. So I'll give you a loan up front and then you're going to pay it off over the next couple of weeks. And I was like, okay, well, um, let's do that. So Mm -hmm. basically I had learned when I was seven years old that if you want to get a loan or, you know, borrow money from someone you always have to pay it back and you have to work hard for it so that jeep he'd given me the 40 dollars. i worked you know the next couple you know weeks to pay it off and i kept that jeep probably for the next like three years and let it run all the way till it was completely dead but it was like (laughs) one of my favorite childhood memories and i'll remember that the rest of my life so when i you know had the opportunity to buy a real car when i was older i just always looked back and said oh you know remember that time my little jeep was 40 dollars and not you know twenty thousand plus dollars for a car so that's amazing um, yeah that was like (laughs) one of the other good lessons um i have as a kid and then one of the other ones I did, and it kind of taught me a perspective of don't ever judge anyone, um, okay. no matter where you are, what you're doing. So I grew up playing golf. You know, I started when I was about 15 and a half years old, mm-hmm. and I was about 22 at the time. I was like just in between jobs. Um or maybe I was 24. I can't exactly remember. I was in between jobs and I went to the golf courses I did every weekend. It was just something I did for fun for myself every Saturday. Okay. Nice. And went over there and this older guy, he's probably like 80 years old. You know, it's only him and I on the range and there's nobody else there. Yeah. Turns around and like, you could just tell like as a woman on the golf course, like it's, you can just feel like his energy behind you. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to talk to this random weird guy. It's just not <laughs> something I want to get involved with. And then he's like, would you watch my swing? And I was like, oh, all right, sure. And then, you know, we ended up chatting and talking. And that golf lesson that day mm-hmm. of helping him became one of the most valuable things I'd ever learned because I built a relationship with this um, yeah. for the next, like, you know, two years and basically taught him golf lessons. He paid me a hundred dollars an hour. Um, you know, as a 24 year old, that's a lot of money, like just for, you know, just doing a side hobby. And every Saturday I taught him, then he watched my swing and then we went for pizza and like soda every time after. And he'd always give me like life lessons. So adorable. It was so cute. Yes, it was the most amazing experience I'd gone through and just kind of gave me a perspective of like, don't judge because you don't know who you're standing next to, <laughs> what that day will entail and what that relationship could form out of it. So that sounds are, really rewarding. It was. Yeah. So those are a couple of like quick stories that it's instilled when I was you know, a young child. Um, but I, I want to pass it over to you now. And kind <laughs> of You tell us about your childhood experience and what you learned. Oh boy. Um, yeah. I mean, wow. Elise, I, I love the, uh, the power wheel story. That's a, that's a good one. (laughs) 
Thank you. Learning about the Jeep is, you know, I mean, yeah, getting a loan. Wow. At a pretty young age. I'm, I'm impressed. I hope your credit score went up after that. <laughs> oh, you know, we've, we've had our ups and downs, but we're yeah. good now. We're, we're really strong. <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. Um, and yeah, you know, like, yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, I uh, I never really learned to, to golf. Um, like, I'd gone to the driving range and actually I worked at a golf club um, and, in college, but mm-hmm. uh Never, never really picked it up. Um, loved going to the range because it was just like, you know, I think it was good to just try to see like how you could improve. But it's it definitely intimidating. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's a lifelong game, but love about it. So, um, yeah, okay. So I'll I'll kind of oh gosh, I feel like my I feel like I'm going into a therapy session right now almost. Um, but yeah, I mean, color on as my background, and I think this kind of lends itself really nicely to, to the way that I, I view money now. And, um, I mean, like some of the stuff that I am even working through, like energetically with, with how I view money, um, is like my parents got divorced when I was six. So, mm-hmm. you know, right, right off the bat, like there's social, there's statistics about, you know, what, how that kind of affects children, um, won't get into that, but essentially I live with my mom and she did the best she could with like the knowledge she had. Right. So she wasn't, um, she wasn't really into business so much. She, she works for the state of mass. Um, and so like for her, like it was all about like saving and working hard, getting a good job. Um, and those were, that was like what I cemented into my brain at, from a young age. So, um, that I, I kind of came to realize like in, you know, in my twenties and after I actually did start working, a in, in corporate, um, that that's kind of a 2D picture of the world and, you know, working hard and having a good job is, is only going to get you so far. And, and it doesn't necessarily like equate to happiness, which is kind of how I ended up here, I suppose. Um, but with, with mama B, she like the main, one of the big things that she also instilled in me is like saving and she was really good at saving um so like every february or april like school vacation she would take us somewhere warm um and like her yeah yeah it was it was so fun um (laughs) and she wouldn't and like my favorite part was like when we were younger um like pre-high school like she wouldn't tell us where we were going (laughs) she would just tell us to pack that oh my god how fun so you just like basically got on a plane and didn't have any idea of yeah. what you're going what's and like it was it was so fun and like usually she'd like take us out so basically and this kind of like lends itself to some of the money lessons is she'd take us out on like a Thursday afternoon or like a Wednesday afternoon because flights mm-hmm. were cheaper on those days and you know as a single mother like <laughs> she's watching her money like she's absolutely a Saturday um because it just was like astronomical then and so we'd leave on like a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or you know a, a Friday morning um so like that was already a lesson like she instilled in us pretty young is like always look for a good deal don't necessarily like spend your money on like the first um flight you see like look for other options which I think is a great one um and I think I think a lot of people kind of like know that one or like have that lesson um but yeah and oh my gosh not knowing where we were going was really funny actually um (laughs) I remember this one time where she told us or she told I don't know how like I misconstrued something at some point and I thought we were going somewhere cold and I was like pissed (laughs) and like I couldn't have been more than like 10 I don't know like clearly I was a brat 
um but I was like oh my god I I'm like I never really did like the whole New England ski situation like I was definitely like a winter a winter bird um like flying south for for winter type of thing and so when she told me you're going somewhere cold I was like pretty upset well it's also so gray and cold all winter it's like you need some sunshine so yeah completely understandable (laughs) 100% um so yeah so we would always go somewhere warm like we went to Miami San Juan um we went to Jamaica one year and I drank so many virgin daiquiris I was like sick to my stomach oh my <laughs> so, gosh. you know That's good times and, and actually that was a funny one because I actually ended up getting like some of my jewelry stolen by <laughs> I, don't, oh, I don't really know how but like yeah so that was like a lesson learned there so man when I travel I'm like a little paranoid about bringing jewelry <laughs> so, yeah don't bring anything nice you know? struggles um so yeah but I mean really what that taught me though is um a it implemented like the savings the idea of savings and like having goals for your savings right like um and even not having goals for your savings like having that just the emergency fund and having excess cash is always good but um if you like if you're going on a trip like you want to have that money saved and maybe you don't necessarily have like a destination in mind but you're like you know what next winter like I do want to go somewhere warm and like let's try to save whatever 1500 bucks to have a nice week off somewhere um and so that implemented like the idea of savings and then also um the love of travel right like I was super fortunate to be able to study abroad in college and um that's actually another like funny story is that summer I was I studied in Newcastle England so it's like the northeast England um yeah so very interesting place um they have they have interesting accents up there (laughs) called the Geordie accent and they have a show called the Geordie Shore so (laughs) similar to the Jersey Shore but you know in England and it was similarly chaotic so definitely check it out um you'll find some funny clips on YouTube but that was a blast and I mean even then like when I was, I got to go, I think, um, I think it was, I got 11 countries in, um, like, studying abroad. So I got to go to Ireland, Spain, France, Amsterdam, um, like, a, a couple others, too. And, um, but yeah, definitely not 11. I'm just kidding. Um, but when you're searching for those, they're, like, on, they have these, these crazy sites over there, WestJet and Ryanair. And you Mm -hmm. could find flights for 13 pounds, which at the time was about $25 um, one way. Yeah. So totally different than the U.S., um, which, again, amazing. So, I mean, I think we were kind of chatting about this the other day, actually. It's like I came back from that um, (laughs) came back from that experience in like early December and I was actually like. $800 $800 in debt and I like was not going to tell my mom I was like yeah I cannot tell her she will scold the heck out of me and then I was really fortunate to get invited back to my internship um I had been working at Bright Horizons um and they had like let me come back for like the winter break and so I ended up like making that money to, to pay off my credit card, which was really, really nice. So I do, there's a little bit of me that believes in like the energetics and money where I'm like, okay, if you are actually not even a little bit, a holy, I wholly believe that like the universe will show up to like provide you opportunities to make money. Um, it's not going to oh, just definitely. put twenties on your doorstep, right? <laughs> like, it's not an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> no. 
but you know you can you can find opportunities there um well especially nowadays victoria like when you think about it there's doordash there's seamless there's uber mm -hmm. drivers right like there's all these opportunities that people can just sign up at the tip of their fingers and now they have something to go do to make extra money on the side like you know when we grew up as kids the only thing you could basically do was babysit right and right now, oh my gosh. it's like you can have people working younger and doing these other jobs which is great for them it gives them opportunities yeah yeah 100 percent. i think like the gig economy is um is real and i think it, it does like just like you said it provides opportunity um and so yeah so that was a little bit of that but i realized actually i kind of skipped over um one of the stories like prior to studying abroad um was that the, that summer between sophomore and junior year of going abroad, um, you know, I was make I was trying to make as much money as possible so that I could, you know, not only like pay for tuition um, at Loyola, but then also, um, you know, have have spending money there. Which again, like, kind of goes back to like the Ryanair and WestJet thing, where I'm like trying to find cheap flights when when I'm there to to travel. Right. Um, but so yeah, so that summer before I made this proposal to my grandpa and like my grandpa's was um was an influential um male voice in my life and always taught me to like reach for the stars um and to like not give up and every time we talk on the phone he'd ask me about like pro he'd ask me um you know what was what was going on and different goals I had in my life so that was mm -hmm. always really impactful to even have those conversations and like Absolutely. even if it wasn't money related like you know you always had that ambition kind of instilled um so that was like cool and so at the beginning of the summer <clears throat> I had you know come home from Loyola after finals in in that May and was starting my internship um pretty quickly I'd worked for Bright Horizons um and that was actually a, an, an awesome summer um it was a, a chaotic one, actually, um, but totally <laughs> awesome. Like it was it was, you know, it was kind of like that hustle and ambition and, you know, also being young and like oh, man, just a lot of fun. Right. Like summertime. Of course. Um, and so I proposed to him. I proposed to my grandpa. I'm like, Papa, like, is there any way like, you know, I'm I'm trying to make a bunch of money this summer and like I, I want to, you know, I want to have spending money for, for England. Like, is there any way we could do like a you know a matching situation here like can you can you help a girl out like he was always um like he had he had he was just we always had like frank conversations about money and stuff and he uh, you know would try to help me out where he could and so he's like yeah you know what like let's let's do that like I'll I'll match what you make this summer and in his mind and in my mom's mind even like they're thinking I'd make like a thousand bucks like fifteen hundred dollars like you know what whatever a kid can make during the summer um next thing you know I was working 70 hour weeks um oh I was on the grind I had three jobs so I had my internship which was north of Boston and so I'd take the train there every day okay. and then I'd host this or waitress in the evenings and then I still work my job at Dunkin Donuts on the weekends and so I was, I was going after it. I was like, there's no stopping me. And like, I would still try to bake in fun when I could. Like, I remember usually I would have um, Sundays off or like I would have Sunday mornings off and then like hostess in the evening or right. I would work Duncan in the morning and then have Sunday afternoon off. So like, there was not a lot of downtime. Um, but that was, like I said, was one of the most fun summers I, <laughs> I ever had. And so, yeah, at the end of the summer,
$4,500, my grandfather wow, almost fell off his chair. Yeah. I'm he, sure he did. He was I mean, astonished. <laughs> that, is, that is just outstanding. Like, one, mm-hmm. that you were able to juggle three jobs because that's a lot. Oh, yeah. um, but okay, two, awesome. it really showed that you were a hustler and you were not afraid to go after <laughs> anything. And, you know, especially when you're young, like you just mm-hmm. you don't need as much sleep to begin with. <laughs> so you can just run on like low battery power and just keep going. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel like that that was such a great story. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty good one. Um, He was he was pretty, pretty astonished. And I remember him cutting me the check when we were at his um his cottage on the Cape. And again, like very fortunate to have been able to to have had that in my life um and to have him as an influence and I mean it was pretty hysterical that that was that that ended up being like the case um I hope when you have children someday you you match whatever they're gonna make we're gonna be fair at that that I was gonna say I don't know I'm like I'm I'm like I don't think I personally will be saying that I'll do that oh no 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 this is passed on generation <laughs> I think you just need to cap a limit on it. See, that's, and put in a writing, good. right? Just, just think to get a contract. Step. Yeah, get a contract. Just show them how it works. Um, you know, so funny. Speaking of all this, like money mm-hmm. conversations, this one is not specifically about me. It just kind of popped in my what? head. I didn't even think about this beforehand. But this is a good life lesson that happened to uh, a dear friend of mine in college, mm-hmm. and he ended up like moving out of. Um, the apartment and living at home because it was more cost effective and his mom still charged him um six hundred dollars a month for rent wow and he stayed there for like two years and then at the end um you know he's ready to move out be on his own and his mom said you know okay um well i have to tell you here's your money he's like what money is she's like it's all the rent you paid me over the last you know two years so mm-hmm. it was such an interesting lesson that I had, you know, saw from someone's mom doing this. Yeah. And basically, you know, he, he basically could go, you know, put down a down payment or, you know, have this extra funds for a car or just an extra savings account. But I thought it was such a creative way to teach somebody, you know, in their early 20s, um, mm-hmm. a good lesson about how to manage your money and how to be smart with letting them think that they weren't actually saving while they were but yeah it was just another creative idea and wanted to share that with everyone because that one I like I like that a lot right Um, it's a fun one yeah and and I think I think that's a great point and and I think and I don't know like how how this looked for you but when when you were growing up did you ever um like when you saved your money or like were putting it in your bank account or anything like i remember we used to take trips to citizens bank like as a kid to, oh like, yes oh I my would, god i loved it i had i loved going to the bank there was always raffles and i would go every week <laughs> with my dad to fidelity like oh it, and then i'd put in different raffle tickets every week and i want a picnic table picnic supper <laughs> outside one year <laughs> I love it I love it um yeah I I would say like so and, and again like I think this is like a limitation of our of our um of our parents right is like it even though like I was being taught to save like I wasn't being taught to invest right and I don't know if that's like the same case for you yeah no uh, 
actually taught me about investing probably till I was older. Um, I started investing a lot with my mom mm-hmm. once we got into cryptocurrency, but that was back in like 2015. And then okay. I started investing more in the stock market. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't say I tapped into that when, in my 20s until I was in my 20s. But when yeah. I was younger, it was more like, how do you save? How do you work hard for your money? Mm-hmm. But yeah. now the world's yeah. changed so much. So would you say the same was for you? I yeah, mean, definitely. Did, yeah, did you ever invest like before twenty years old or no? Yeah, the you're. I mean, that's exactly it, right? Like, I was never. I was only taught to save, and I look back, and it's sort of. I mean, like, I look at my friends now, and you know, my friends that are having kids. You know, we're we're about thirty, so like, we have a couple of friends here and there who like started to right. have children, and the big thing that all of them and that that I've like they already know this but I am like super quick to like mention it to them I'm like hey I don't know like what your money situation looks like but where you can like either open that 529 or like open them a brokerage account and at least put like a hundred bucks in there put it in whatever uh uh, some type of ETF like a fund that can help start money because savings doesn't really do it right like when you think no. about the the way that you're this you're saving and then those rates like I think we should probably do an episode on this but like just as like starting to kind of go into that conversation it's like saving your money is only going to get you and when, and when we were younger it wasn't really getting us anything right like we were still I mean we were getting some I think I, I don't remember exactly what the savings rate was it might have been like two percent which you know, if, if you consider inflation, zero point zero one percent today. Case, oh my god, it's yeah, crazy. It's well, absurd. actually, I think I think my I, I have an account with Marcus, um, and I think that's at point six. So, like, when I'm yes. holding cash, like that's where it goes. I just put it in a high yield savings account, which is crazy because that's not high yield <laughs> whatsoever. Oh but yeah, if I can't put it in the market, like, and you need to put it somewhere, and you want it to at least be making some money. Um, and I think again, like we'll we'll do an episode on this, but yeah, it was oh, it was crazy. Like we never we weren't taught to invest, and like if we had been taught to invest at a younger age, like we would have we would be having different conversations right now, right? And I think that's like one of the big things with this with this podcast, and like one of the reasons that we're really passionate about it is like teaching other people about this, no matter where they are in life, um, and to be able to put their money in either different investments or like have a different points of view for, for what they can do with their money rather than just holding it in a savings account um, so that it can actually grow and, and do something for them. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. all about diversifying your portfolio, right? Because if you mm-hmm. leave your money all in one place, it's, it's never going to, you know, get to that level. Like, let's say you're trying to save, you know, ten thousand dollars. It's going to take you ten times longer by just saving cash, right? Versus right. taking whatever you had. Let's say it was a thousand, and diversifying that in a couple of different ways to get to your money faster mm-hmm. and build that wealth. So, yeah. I, I think this is definitely another really good topic we can dive in deeper with a different um, podcast. And love to tell you guys more of our thoughts and what we've done. Um, definitely something to think about yeah 100 um my only other so okay one thing i had for notes here <laughs> which is Tell gonna us. crack you up um my mom always said to me and i mean i think like this is this is like you know she implemented this with all these you know with the trips and teaching us to save to go on nice trips and all of that she always told me i have champagne taste on a beer budget <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. And it's I'm like, yeah, I do. Way. Like, I'm trying to get the most out of my dollar. Like, I'm trying oh, to get yeah. this bang for my buck. Let's go. Like, I want to go on a nice trip, but I also don't want to be spending like five grand on a week. Like, <laughs> no. So, yeah, that was that's my like quote that my mom summarizes me, which I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, and yeah, and, and I think this is this conversation is relevant, right? And, um, and we may look at other people's lives and either like say like, oh, we wish we had what they had or something like that. But really, it's it's your own experience that makes us you that make you unique, right? Like, these are the things that you grow that like become you and, you know, ultimately how you handle the hurdles that you're that you're thrown. Um, like, in the lessons that you learn when you're picking yourself back up after falling over one of those hurdles or, you know, not, not making it or, or trying again is what makes your life rewarding. Right. And like, right. You get to decide how you face these challenges. Like you can bitch and moan all you want. No one's going to do any of this work for you about, you know, anything, right? Like no one's going to get you a job. No one's going to invest for you. No one's going to do, no one's going to save for a house for you. Like you got to do that. You got to put that effort in. Um, and I love that because it's like you do have the ability to do that. Like, welcome to America. Like, especially now, you know, like they always say the world is your oyster. It is mm-hmm. now you have, there's no excuses not to make money. Like, I'm going to tell you one other really funny quick story. Love. Um, yes. So I just moved, as you know, and mm-hmm. I was like throwing stuff out because I just was like, oh, I don't need this anymore, whatever. So it's going down to like this area where they organize the recycle, the trash, and then just stuff people doesn't want, people don't want anymore. So I saw these two beautiful paintings and I was like, oh, maybe those would work in my apartment. I'm not sure. So I pick them up. um, I bring them upstairs and like, you know what, now these colors are just not working. So (laughs) instead of bringing it back downstairs, I put them both on Facebook marketplace. Nice. And um, within 24 hours, I sold them both and made another $75. Hey. it just shows you, you guys can literally do anything. Um, mm-hmm. And it might take like zero effort other than just posting it online and getting someone to pick it up. I mean, I just did the same thing. I just sold a Keurig this morning, you know, like all these nice. little things that, you know, just can be a couple extra hundred bucks at the end of the month. And it, mm-hmm. it takes two seconds. So yeah, sometimes you just got to clean through, do some spring cleaning right now and uh, you know, yeah. get organized. So, there we go. First money tip from from Elise right there. There you go. Resell you things go. you're not going to use. Don't just throw it away. Um, yeah. That's a that's a pertinent one also. And like especially in this day and age where we're like more and more are you know we're filling we're filling up trash cans and ultimately like someone could find that useful or find it beautiful and um, why not why not try to make some money off of it at the same time. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, one man's uh, trash is another one's treasure, as they say. Hey. So, exactly. Well, Love I have it. to ask, um, okay. obviously, we've, we've been having a great chat this morning. <laughs> but to wrap it up, Victoria, you know, yes. just out of curiosity, what other podcasts do you listen to and recommend that you mm. uh, like in your free time? Mm-hmm. Um, fave podcast right now, as I've like jumped into the entrepreneurial world, is actually Cake Money Confidential. Um, that's confidential. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Taylor Quinn is the host. She is, she's very excited. So just an FYI, if you do listen to her, you're going to be like, Whoa, this girl's energy, but I love it. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, at the beginning I was sort of like, this is too much, but I've gotten used to it now. And I'm like, yes, like 
you go girl and then also saying to myself you get on that train you go girl yeah (laughs) and then money tips for financial grown-ups oh no or money tips for finance for grown-ups I forget but um that's also a good one and that's um those are pretty like short and sweet episodes um amazing and I like that so yeah and then what about you what's uh what's your fave book on money yeah, I, to, honestly, it's one of my favorite classic ones that I mm-hmm. could just always reread or recite. Um, okay. It's Drink and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I think there's a lot of good points mm. okay. in there that you can basically, you know, always reassess. And whenever I always say, you know, you need to get realigned with yourself and reset your brain, go back to books, go back to podcasts. It's the little things mm. that kind of help give you that extra motivation. Yeah, 100%. I think there's like something really relevant there where just like you're saying, like, it's almost like points of reflection, right? Like, you don't need Mm -hmm. to be necessarily like seeking out courses or like having someone else tell you what to do. It's more like you absorb that information, you reflect on it, and you bring it back to what it means for you. Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Amazing. Okay, well, awesome episode as always. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yes. Chat soon, guys. Stay tuned. Bye.